This is the Better Wealth Podcast with Caleb Williams. Hello, everyone. This is Caleb Williams here with the Better Wealth Podcast, and I have Nelson Nash, the author of Becoming Your Own Banker. And again, I give you a little bit of overview before I kind of tee him up. Nelson wrote a book that literally changed my life. I would not be doing what I am doing. I would not be running the business that I'm running. I would not be doing and thinking about money the way that I'm thinking if it wasn't for the work that this man has done. And so I'm here in Birmingham, Alabama at the Wealth Without Wall Street Podcast Center. And I just have the honor of having Nelson in the house. He wrote a book that everyone needs to read and we're gonna have the the link to getting the book uh, at, at the bottom of this podcast, but really it's to give the overview, the big concepts, the big pictures from the author himself. And I just feel so incredibly grateful that you're in the house, Nelson. Thanks, Caleb. Good to be with you. One of the things that I'm super grateful for, <laughs> but it's going to be a challenge is Nelson has, you have so much knowledge and so many stories. And so one of the things that we're going to try to do is in this in this podcast, we're going to try to get the big picture of what you call the infinite banking concept mm-hmm. and then and then really hone in on um, some really, really key concepts that everyone needs to know about. So why don't you introduce yourself and kind of give uh, a two to three minute overview on how you even came to like writing a book? And, and how this kind of came up, came upon you. Well, like, what is becoming your own banker? Okay. I started out life, uh, my, uh, adult life, uh, educated as a forester, University of Georgia in 1952. Uh, upon graduation, I had a couple of years of Air Force duty because I was an Air Force ROTC student during the, the Korean mess. Uh, then I, you know, I went to Eastern North Carolina practicing forestry as a consultant. Uh, I did not work for the government. Most people think when you mention forestry that you work for the government, that you're blood relative of Smokey Bear and things like that. But no, not at all. I never worked for the government at all. I worked privately under contract with other free people. Uh, I got, to, uh, Talked in emerging my consulting firm one one year in Birmingham, Alabama, nineteen sixty three, and that's what brought me uh, here. Uh, and for a year, I worked with the consulting firm here. Uh, that was a, a bad mistake. I should never have done it. Uh, uh, the embarrassing thing is that I went way out of my way to get counsel from three people as to whether I should make the move, and they all said, "Don't do it." Uh, but, uh, being, uh, uh, not all that experienced, I guess. Yeah. I went ahead anyway. That led to a career change, uh, into life insurance. And so I became a life insurance agent with Equitable Life of New York in 19, October 1964. I spent, uh, 23 years with them and uh, 12 years with Guardian, uh, life and, uh, those are mutual dividend-paying companies at that particular time. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, I wrote Becoming Your Own Banker and later on uh, Building Your Warehouse of Wealth. And so the last 20 years, I've been teaching these two books all the United States and Canada. Uh, Becoming Your Own Banker has sold over 400,000 copies, and it's in 31 different countries. 
That's amazing. So uh, it's amazing to me how people uh, have uh, caught on to it. Uh, I had no earthly idea that it would have that kind of impact. But mm-hmm. people are hungry for a uh, solution to the mess that's out there in the financial world today. Well, uh, during all this experience, back in my North Carolina days um, in forestry, I became acquainted with the Austrian School of Economic Thought, and uh, that became a passion. And so for 61 years, I've been a uh, passionate student of Austrian economics. Hmm. And without understanding their uh, thought process of economics, uh, the book would never have been written. Uh, neither of the books would have been written. But uh, anyway, uh, I'm grateful for what has happened, and it's been fun uh, teaching uh, people uh, how to uh, get out of the mess that they're in now. But uh, they got to be uh, uh, hungry for yeah. knowledge. They've got to realize they have a mess on their hands and to f- figure out how did they get into that, what caused that problem. Correct. And it's because of the way that uh, the world operates and thinks, and it's always been that way. Uh, it has been top-down thinking uh, since day one of all recorded civilization, and uh, that's not the way that uh, things should be done in, at all. Uh, I've uh, uh, been blessed for the fact that I became a Christian when I was nine years old, hmm. and so uh uh, I've been a passionate study of uh, the Bible. Well, uh, the best Austrian economics book in the world is the Bible, but most mm-hmm. uh, Austrians don't realize that, and most Christians don't realize uh, the reverse of that either. So, you know, uh, I've been saddled with having a look at both. Right. <laughs> well, also, uh, I could easily become uh, a student of uh, uh, psychology. Uh, I considered that right. back in college days and so forth, but of uh, recent years, uh, I've become acquainted with uh, Go- Jordan Peterson, who's a, a clinical psychologist up in Toronto, uh, Canada. And uh, I can also say that the Bible is the best uh, book on uh, clinical psychology. Hmm. Uh, it's changing the mind right. uh, from the way the world thinks right. uh, to understanding live in this world, but not of this world. Right. If you play that game, you're one of them. Correct. You know, one of the things, Nelson, that, so I, I'll hear, true confession, and you've probably heard this many times, mm-hmm. I read your book three times. Mm-hmm. I hated it the first time. Well, all right. Because <laughs> I didn't understand it. <laughs> well, I, well, why do you think that's true? <laughs> because cause we've been ingrained mm-hmm. how to think about money. And the way you you talk about money, it, it I had to read it another time, and and yes. I had to call on on mentors. And then once I got it, it that's when that's when I changed the way that I thought. But I could not get it by before I changed the way that I started thinking about money. Yes, uh, in fact, just in the last few days, we uh, my uh, uh, board of directors is uh, yours truly, David Stearns, is the admin person, uh, and the uh, uh, guy that holds all the glue together, I guess you might say, the glue that holds all, all things together. Uh, Bob Murphy is the uh, 
probably the most published Austrian economist out there today, and the other one is Carlos Lara, who is a, a great businessman in uh, uh, Nashville, Tennessee. And we have about two hours of uh, go-to-meeting every Wednesday, and just uh, in the last session here, what's that, yesterday? Yes. Uh, Carlos was talking about uh, opening the closed mind. Correct, yep. Yeah, that's the problem. The closed mind is because people have been convinced that uh, the world knows how to run things, and they don't. To the contrary, they've been made uh, slaves as a result of the fact that the the money function out there, the banking function in life, is necessary. Uh, you couldn't live the way that we live today without the the yep. uh, uh, banking function. Right. Well, uh, it's in the hands of the wrong people. It's in the hands of evil people. Right. But most folks don't realize that at all. They've got to study deeply to uh, realize how how really bad that it is. So, Nelson, you, you talk about in your book that the process of banking is the most profitable business in the world. Sure. And, 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 and essentially, you're, you're telling people, you're writing this book that's showing them, okay, the process of banking is the most profitable business in the world. It's in the hands of the wrong people. Yes. Take that control back. Take it back. Yes. Anybody can do it. You do it through, free con- through free contract with other free people. Right. See, nobody compels you to buy uh, life insurance. Uh, the... Uh, Okay, uh, see, uh, Dr. Paul Cleveland that you know about. Right. Uh, there's this great little uh, video called Banking with Life. Yeah. Uh, there are about 13 personalities in that uh, video, and uh, he's probably the third one that you will see. And uh, he's explaining that wealth is uh, not money. Hmm. Uh, wealth is goods and services. Money is the medium of exchange by which we acquire these things. Yep. But uh, you got to uh, realize that the banking function has to to be uh, in order for us to enjoy what we do enjoy out there today. Uh, that's the uh, essential. But it's in the hands of the wrong people. It should be at the you and me level. Correct. And it can be, and it is being done. I know thousands of people today that will never see a bank again in their life. Wow. See, most people think uh, banking is a, a checking account at the bank. No, that is not banking. Banking is about loans. And they're lending money that doesn't exist, and that is evil. Uh, if anybody else did that, they'd be thrown under the jail. Right. But uh, that's the horrible situation. That has occurred just in the 20th century. So, Nelson, I'm writing a book, uh-huh. and and the book is about the, my my background, and then the, I think the vital principles that people need to know about with money, so that they can take control of their life. Uh-huh. And I give you credit in the book for this following statement: "It's we finance everything that you we purchase." Yes, and, that uh, thought just came. Uh, that thought came from Richard Cadian only 300 years ago. That's all. <laughs> Just, it's been around. It was like but yesterday, see, right? See, most folks don't even know who Richard Cantillon <laughs> right. was. But uh, money has a cost. Uh, it's always worth something. You either pay interest to somebody else or you give up interest. Uh, so so what, what I try to tell, show people is the value of your dollar is more than just the value of that dollar today. Sure. So that dollar could have earned 
your entire life. Absolutely. It's, yeah. And so you had an aha moment when you were in the life insurance business and people were selling life insurance for death benefit. And you had this, this epiphany that our, if we solve our need for finance, because we, we spend more money than we, than we need to protect it. Can you kind of go into like the our, if we can solve our need for finance, our life will be radically different? Sure, because that's very easy to demonstrate. Because in my book, Becoming Your Own Banker, I've done the study uh, uh, some time ago about the pattern of spending that people have. That uh, there are some principal things out there. There's things like uh, automobiles, for instance. Uh, there's houses and, and things of that nature. And... Uh, uh, You'll find that uh, uh, out of every dollar that the typical person in America spends a day, that 35% of every dollar is interest alone. Hmm. Well, they got that from a bank out there. And so that energy is going to somebody else who's living well off of it. Now, if you can uh, have that same energy directed toward, toward uh, uh, your own system, uh, it's my airplane analogy in the book. Can you explain See, that? I'm an aviator. Uh, so let's pre pretend this, Caleb. Uh, let's say that, uh, you're in Birmingham, Alabama and you want to go to, uh, um, Chicago and your airplane can fly 100 miles an hour. Well, that's a plus there. And so I'm pointing out that, uh, let's give the, you give the guy on the street uh, the benefit of the doubt. Let's say he's saving 10% of whatever he makes, and that okay. is a bald-faced lie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's wor much worse, but I want to be gracious in my example. Okay, so the 10 is a uh, plus, but uh, uh, you cannot fly an airplane through a vacuum. It's impossible. Correct. you got to fly through an environment. And so... Uh, You've seen the highs and lows on the weather map. Yep. The highs are the good weather in the northern hemisphere. They flow clockwise. And so uh, you're in that 100-mile-an-hour airplane, and here's this uh, big high-pressure area that has come in off the left coast. And uh, you have a 350-mile-an-hour headwind, and you have a 100-mile-an-hour airplane. Well, the net effect of that is that your airplane is going toward Cuba at 250 miles an hour. Well, that's what's going on out there with most right. of America today. People people are trying to save, but their environment, yeah, yes, and yes, they yes. have a headwind coming they, at them. They're not taking into consideration the environment. Wow. All right. Now, let's say that the air mass moves on, which they do. They always do. There are no exceptions. Now it moves on to the east, and now the high is uh, right over Indianapolis. Hmm. There is no wind in the middle of that at all. It's dead calm. Right. You get in that airplane, and you're flying 100 miles an hour. Well, you've got rid of that uh, debt picture out there. Right. Now, that's what all the financial geniuses out there, and I say that in quotes, like yeah. Dave Ramsey. Right. Get out of debt, get out of debt, get out of debt. <laughs> I hardly agree. But none of those folks talk about this. Let the air mass move on, Caleb. It will. Now, it's over Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. Now, you have a 350-mile-an-hour tailwind. Wow. So, your airplane's going 450 miles an yes. hour. Yes. It's the same airplane. 
Wow. So, so you recaptured that which was going to somebody else, and now it's going to your benefit. And so that's what makes it so profitable. You know, one of the things I'm just, I just, I'm thinking out loud. The problem that we have is people have this massive headwind, and they're literally sure. an example of an airplane going backwards. Yeah, sure, okay? absolutely. Then the financial geniuses of the world are like, get rid of the headwind and just go 100 miles an hour. Uh-huh. But what you figured out is we can take the power of banking yes. and start using that in our favor, take that headwind, yes. make it a tailwind. You're still going 100 miles an hour. You're still... Sure, the airplane's the same in all three situations. But your airplane's going 450 miles an hour because sure. you have the process of banking on you your side. you got to understand that the environment is, uh, is something you cannot avoid. It's impossible to avoid it. If if the people listening to that understood that, so I think to it. it could change their life. It's ridiculously simple. But again, that is the uh, bane of the existence of mankind, I guess. Uh, they want to complicate things. Right. Uh, uh, it makes them feel like they're smarter if they complicate it. You know, one of the things that we were talking about before we got into the studio is I'm a big numbers person. Yeah. And, and you were like, numbers complicate things. <laughs> Math complicates things when, you, when sure. it breaks down, you know, when you break it down. Sure. Absolutely. Nelson, you on page 14, you talk about the importance of imagination. Yes. Well, that's just it right there. See, uh, the uh, imagination of most people out there is about the equivalent of a toadstool, uh, <laughs> a toad, rather, I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, uh, Einstein said that imagination is more important than knowledge or ability. Mm. Well, just think of, uh, of Einstein, think of uh, Edison, think of uh, Walt Disney, uh, so forth. Uh, what a different world it is with people with imagination, right? Parkinson's law. So you, so the one of the things that kind of sets your book apart is you're not only teaching concepts and strategies and economics, but you go into the human element. Well, that's the most important part of the book because uh, if you can't whip Parkinson's law, uh, which uh, has l- lots of ramifications. Can you go into what Parkinson's law Yeah, means? like uh, one of them is that work expands to meet the time envelope allowed. Uh, give a guy a job to do, give him uh, three days to do it. Uh, uh, how long is it going to take him to do it? Three days. Well, you give him six days to do the same job, what happens? Six days. Well, you give him 30 days, what happens? 30 days. Does it have to be that way? No. But is it? Yes. All right. It's something that happens every time. That's a law. Hmm. If I drop this cup here, it falls every time, right? Correct. That's a law. All right. So Parkinson's law is very, very real. Now, uh, expenses rise to equal income is mm-hmm. another one out there. Uh, and it's always on necessities and so forth. Right. <laughs> it's, that's a figment of the people's imagination. Uh, it's a, it's a crutch that they, they see something that somebody else has, has, and they just feel that they've got to have it. Right. And that's absurd. Learning how to live simply is the most important thing going. Right, right. And and we, we also talked about needs versus wants. Sure. And you're like, wants become needs in America. Yeah, yes, I tell you, you go look at uh, most anything that comes along, particularly uh, charitable stuff. This is to meet critical needs. Mm-hmm. Well, why is it needy? Yeah, why are they needy? They've got a brain. Right. They can think. 
but it's it's all about how you think is the right? problem, and that's that's kind of the key of this whole book. Sure. It's, it's how we think, and that's why I had to read this a couple times. That's why I had to come down to Birmingham and meet with you and learn. It's I had to start changing the way that I that I think. So, for the listeners on this podcast, that like, okay, they get they get the concept, they understand. Okay, banking is the most profitable business in the world. We finance everything that we purchase. We need to start taking the headwinds in our life and turning it into tailwinds. True. We have to beat the human elements that are taking us behind. We have to take control of our life. Sure. Then you kind of get into some things that kind of are controversial. I, By the way, when I first started in this business, I hated the idea of life insurance. And it was because of your book that totally changed my... Well, why did you hate it? Because I, I thought it was a terrible place to put your money. Where did money. you learn that? The, in, in financial planning um, 101. Yeah. Yes. That life insurance was our need for death benefit. So, for the listeners, this is this is what the infinite banking concept is at... at at its basic form, and then I want you to kind of take take over, okay, and mm-hmm. explain more. So you have your your money. Your money's got to flow somewhere. Yes. It, it, the very best place for it to flow is dividend paying whole life insurance. It's always it works there. And I want you to explain that it's for a second. It's always it so works there. Your money is in these dividend paying contracts. They're going to grow the rest of your life. Yeah. But your your need for finance is your greatest financial need and so you borrow against that those policies to go purchase the things in your life sure. and then redirect the money that you were paying to other institutions and repay that back to the insurance company. To can you can you explain why life insurance and why that concept is so revolutionary and can change people's lives? It's the only place uh, that performs uh, ideally for this sort of thing. Well, you know, you can... Uh, Put money uh, in a hole in the ground, not in the backyard, uh, so forth, and uh, you can uh, go get money out of that, buy something, and then pay back to the hole in the ground. But look, uh, the time that it was in the ground, how much is it earning, huh? Zero. Well, uh, in life insurance, it's always at work, either with you or with somebody else out mm-hmm. there. Uh, it's not something sitting there in a lockbox of any kind of, uh, whatever. Uh, people don't realize that, uh, uh, in reality that, uh, uh, this concept is like, um, a trust agreement. Uh, people love the idea of trust and so forth. And, uh, one of our practitioners, uh, visualized this uh, several years ago. He says, this is just like a trust, isn't it? Yes. Uh, he says, you have a grantor, you have a trustee, and you have a beneficiary. Now, the uh, trust did not exist until the grantor created it. Hmm. He was the originator of everything. All right. So uh, uh, he uh, puts property into the trust. It becomes the, the, uh, own, the owner becomes... The owner is the trustee at that point. The, the grantor does not own it anymore. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, the trustee has got to put it to work uh, in order to carry out the provisions of the uh, intent of the trust uh, for the beneficiary or the uh, uh, grantor. Now, one of the places he can put the property to work is with the uh, grantor. Right. Uh, they're two different people. 
Now, uh, when you understand that, when you buy a life insurance policy, that did not exist until you created it. Right. You're the grantor. You pay premiums. Mm-hmm. That becomes the property of the insurance company, the trustee. They're going to put it to work in various and sundry places, as right. I describe in my book. Uh, now, one of those places they can put to work is with you. Right. Uh, you see, you got to learn to wear two hats. Uh, you're the banker, and uh, your best customer ought to be you. Correct. And, but, you know, you've got to understand, don't steal from the system. Right. If you don't lend uh, money to somebody who's going to not pay it back. Mm-hmm. But, see, that's one of the biggest problems out there, that people got this disease of thinking this is a poor place to store uh, money, uh, the medium of exchange. Uh, during your lifetime. Mm-hmm. And uh, getting over that hurdle is the biggest problem. Right. Well, it's so simple that uh, it's it's almost ridiculous. Uh, but you see, there are people who do catch on out there, but they got to be, they got to realize they have a problem. Right. They got to want to. Yep. Uh, and uh, we're looking for people that know they have a problem and they want to find a way out. It's like Jesus Christ asked that guy that uh, was sitting beside the pool uh, all those years and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the deal was that the first one in the pool got cured and he'd been there for years and years mm-hmm. and years and somebody always beat him to the, to the pool and so forth. Woe is me. Right. Jesus comes along and says, hey, boy, what's the matter? Right. <laughs> Uh, do you want to get well? Well, get up. Right, right. <laughs> so. Yeah, I I definitely think it's this idea that you need to know that you have a problem. Yes. And let let me, I'm going to say something that I tell to a lot of my clients and tell me if I'm accurate here. <laughs> it's right. whether you're an investor, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're a family, whether, you know, the list goes on and on. Everyone has a need, whether it's to invest money, whether it's to buy cars, whether it's to invest in their business or maybe buy a real estate property or whatever. And the infinite banking concept literally shows them a better way to do what they're currently doing. Sure. It's, and, and you have, you have a chapter in your book about it's not about the rate of return. That's again, that's no. noise. You, you want to talk a little bit about noise? Cause that's one. Well, that's the thing out there. You, uh, uh, get the, uh, uh, doctors together at the doctor's lounge. You get the businessmen together at the country club with his friends and so forth. Uh, and they, let's talk about some financial. And I guarantee you that they'll end up talking about getting a high rate of return on whatever. And that's not what it's about at all. It's not what it's about. What it's about is who is the banker in your life. Right. And the very simple thing is that don't be afraid. Okay, first of all, you got to learn to think long range. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, this earthly existence is training camp for the eternal. Hmm. Uh, it's not just a, a day-to-day uh, uh, activity out there and that's it. Uh, this is a lifetime of learning how to uh, put first things first, your relationship with the maker. Yeah. Uh, now think long range. Uh, don't be afraid to capitalize. Good grief. Anybody knows that the, uh, uh more capital you put into a business, the stronger it is. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you see, 
uh, most people want to put a little bit into right. and get the highest rate of return on that little bit of it's all backwards. capital. Well, that's absurd. Yeah, well, that's faulty thinking. All right. Now the next thing is that uh, when you start using your system there to get rid of the banks, i.e., do business with yourself rather than the banks out there, uh, you got to make sure that you pay the loans back and so mm-hmm. forth. And uh, the last uh, item is that you got to rethink your thinking as time goes by. That this is a work in progress. And uh, as time goes by, you will see things that you never saw before. Well, they were always there, but good grief. We right. Think of everything at one time. This is not a pill that you take and that's yeah. all over. I don't worry about it anymore. Right. My, uh, my reading list got... Ten times bigger since this morning, thanks to you. (laughs) Well, if you read all those books on my website uh, there, uh, uh, there's about, uh, I think it's 380 books, I believe. Anyway, you get through reading all those, and you have one Ph.D. in Austrian economics, one Ph.D. in history. There is no way that you can study economics without studying history and see the foolish things that people have done down through the years. Right. And uh, mostly, uh, it is uh, the faulty thinking has resulted in uh, wars. Right. Uh, that's what statism is all about. Right. Uh, and uh, the, the uh, converse is true with free contract with other free people, because both party, uh, both parties win in a transaction. Right. Uh, as we were talking uh, earlier today about the uh, black community in Tulsa, Oklahoma, back in 1923, that money turned over 30 to 100 times before it left the community. So uh, picture this, Caleb. Here's one black guy that uh, uh, has something that uh, he'd uh, like to sell. Mm-hmm. And there's another black guy that, that uh, would like to buy that. Mm-hmm. Well, uh they uh, use a medium of exchange uh, called money. Yep. Well, whatever and, it is. And you you went into saying that, like, talk about money versus value. Yes. And we we get so focused on the the monetary yeah. paper. Yeah. But that's it has, not it. That's not it's, it at it's all. It's the value we can create. Now, uh, so uh, the uh, the guy that uh, bought uh, gave a uh, thing called money. Right. To the person who was selling. Well, the guy that sold, is he happy? Yes. Is the guy that bought happy? Absolutely. Both parties won. Yeah, it's a win-win. Wealth was created. Yes, yes. Well, if it turns over 80 times, do you see how they all built wealth? There? Yes, yes. Well, contrast that with all the stupid thinking that takes place out there in the world. You see, uh, in the life insurance business, uh, okay, let's consider this, uh, Caleb. Uh, men love to, or people love to have letters behind their name. Yeah. Right? Yeah. All right. Uh, now in life insurance, it's chartered life underwriter. Now, uh, that's a, a two year course, uh, 10, when I went through it, uh, correspondence, it was 10 different parts. And of all things, the text that, uh, they used was Paul Samuelson's economics and this is what that fool teaches he says the uh, government taxes the economy uh 10 billion dollars well that's money coming into the government right 
Right. Now, the government's going to spend it, he says. Well, that will turn over three times, and so that stimulated the economy. Therefore, that's a good thing. Well, yours truly has only failed one course in his life, and that was economics for CLU studies. I failed it deliberately. Hmm. I wanted to show them what a, a crazy thing that they're doing. Hmm. I said, yes, that's true, what Samuelson said. But this is also true. Uh, I said, Al Capone, the notorious gangster, he steals $10 billion right. from the uh, general public. Well, uh, he's going to spend it. Well, that'll turn over three times also. Yeah. Know, that stimulated the economy. What? So, therefore... We should have more Al Capones, and they didn't see any sense of humor in that at didn't, all. They didn't like that they answer. They flunked me. Well, I took the course over, and I gave them their answers, and they gave me a diploma. Well, uh, eight years ago, uh, we downsized uh, and got to a one-level home with 2,200 square feet and so forth, mm-hmm. uh, where it was. 4,700 square feet and right. three-quarters of an acre and all that. Well, we don't need that kind of stuff to, right. at our ages and so forth. Right, right. Uh, in the move, I found that diploma. It was in a closet facing the wall. Uh, I was going to put it in the ash can, and Dave, my son-in-law, says, Oh, no, Dad, keep it. Uh, well, I hung it in my garage. So if you want to see my... <laughs> I uh, would. Diploma, come to my garage. <laughs> I, I might have to, I'll take you up on that after. <laughs> All right, so in wrapping up, there's there's two last questions that I had, yeah. and, and one's really a statement. Um, so the infinite banking concept is is more so how we think. Sure. It's about humans. It's about the, the process of banking. It's about just really taking responsibility and control of your life. Okay. Yeah. Um, I have this written down because it, it just was so pro- profoundly impacted me when you said this, but it's really peaceful, stress-free way of life. Can yes. you kind of go into a little bit of what you mean by that? Because all this stuff doesn't matter if we don't understand this. Sure. Well, uh, yeah, do, I've been teaching my two books all in the United States and Canada for the last 20 years. And I work strictly through sponsors. And uh, several years ago, I was doing one in uh, Los Angeles area, Thousand Oaks area, high rent district. The sponsor was uh, uh, Arkady Milgram, Russian Jew. Uh, he uh, came here in 1981, and all he could bring out of Russia was $100. Uh, and uh, he's done extremely well. Only discovered the life insurance about, well, maybe nine years ago now. He had 25 uh, Russians there and about 20, I guess, of us USA types. And halfway through the seminar, I'm explaining to the people how what a stress-free, uh, mm. peaceful life it is when you get the banks out of your life. Mm. And uh, uh, a bolt of lightning hit my feeble brain about that time. I realized that, my word, what an opportunity I have Sitting in front of me is a lady doctor from Russia. She's a neurologist. I'm going to pick her brain right in front of everybody. I have no earthly idea what that lady's going to say. She doesn't know me. I don't know her. Doctor, what part does stress play in medical maladies? Right. Her response, it all starts there. 
Wow. Now, do you realize that everybody has cancer? Yes. What keeps it from manifesting itself? The immune system. Hmm. If you are, if you are distressed, what happens to your immune system? It tanks. I rest my case. So I asked the group, in your life and in the lives of the, your peers that you see in everyday life, what do you see is the biggest stress factor? And a chorus came back, money. So that's what this is all about, uh, getting the, that stress out of life by realizing that you can control the banking function totally through this medium in a place that cannot inflate the money supply. It's impossible for a life insurance company to inflate the money supply. But look what the bankers have done just in the 20th century. Yeah. All right. Uh, look at uh, 1913 is when the Federal Reserve got established. Well, do you notice that uh, 1914, a war started? It was World War One, which was the most horrible thing going. Right. And uh, that led to uh, naturally to WW2. And think of all the uh, pain and stress that this has all caused. And it was all because of bankers. Yeah. Nelson, I can talk to you for hours. Well, We're unfortunately, one... I could talk too. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, one one last question that I have. You're um, a young 87-year-old, yeah. right? Did I get that right? <laughs> um, a lot of the listeners on here um, are younger than you. <laughs> yes, probably. And, uh, About 99%. What's, what's one piece of advice looking back over your lifetime, looking back, I mean, 400,000 copies sold, your people's lives are being changed grandchildren's lives, people that are not even being born, their lives have been changed because of the work that you've done. If you had to give one piece of advice to the many listeners on here from your life experience, what would that be? Well, I would say that the first thing you got to do is get the characters in the place straight that uh, who is who, uh, who uh, leads your life. Hmm. And it ought to be Jesus Christ. Hmm. Uh, get that straight, and uh, that's uh, you're on the road to where you want to be. Yeah. But most folks don't understand that because they've been taught to be statist. Right. Yeah. Well, once you get to that point, uh, you uh, have something as a foundation from which to work. But uh, beyond that, you got to determine uh, what do you really want? What do you want to accomplish? Unless you're hungry, uh, it, it's worthless to try to give advice to somebody. So you got you got to find hungry people. If you don't have a need. Yeah. yeah. You see, uh, some time ago, I had this uh, uh, email, and uh, this person said, um, uh, I read your book. Uh, I, I find it intriguing. Uh I don't think I'm going to go to college. I think that's a waste of time. And so I emailed him back. I said, son, we need to talk. And um, anyway, uh, we emailed back and forth there several times. And uh, Then we in the talk. I said, uh, uh, give me your phone number and I will give you a call. 
And uh, he said, well, you got to wait till after four o'clock because uh, I don't get off and work until four. And uh, I said, how old are you? And he says, uh, I'm a junior in high school. I'm going to be a senior next year. Well, I started uh, feeding him books. Mm -hmm. And uh, over a period of time. And I also uh, got him involved. He lived in Barcelona, Ohio. Hmm. Well, right across the state line there uh, into Pennsylvania's Grove City, which is a fantastic uh, school. And I know the uh, professors there big time in economics. And uh, anyway, uh, we got that boy in the school. But hmm. after I'd been giving him, getting books in his hands there for quite a while, he asked me one day, uh, why are you doing this? I said, son, I learned a long time ago when you find somebody hungry, you're supposed to feed them. Yep. You're hungry. Hmm. You can't feed somebody, feed somebody that's not hungry. Well, thank you so much for coming down and making this a priority. Go by becoming your own banker. Um, please read it with an open mind. And I guarantee you that it will change your life if you if you are hungry. Yes. To learn. You gotta wanna. You gotta wanna. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, it's waste effort. God bless you. Thank you. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to my conversation with Nelson. My big encouragement to you is take one thing that we talked about, one thing that was mentioned, and see if that can help you live a better life or help you as it relates to being more financially free and independent. If you're enjoying the show, it would mean so much to me if you could leave a review and share it with the people that you love. That's truly the oxygen that keeps our podcast alive and we wouldn't be able to grow without you. So with full gratitude, I'm so thankful for all of you guys that are supporting this message. Have an amazing week. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. Make sure you press subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or your favorite podcast player.